In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear seminarians and brothers, dear faithful, our Lord had just told a beautiful parable about a widow who needed something from a wicked judge. And at first the judge says no. But because she keeps pestering him and asking him, finally, because of the perseverance of her prayer, even though the judge is wicked, he decides to grant her request and help her out. And so says our Lord, he concludes that parable by saying, if such a wicked man will do good because someone prays to him perseveringly, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is goodness itself, give you what you ask for if you pray perseveringly? But this first parable, our Lord felt, needed a second parable. Um, our Lord needed to continue to teach the people about prayer. The first parable says the people understand, okay, we need to persevere in prayer. But how must we pray so that our prayer be not without profit? What is the manner in which we should pray? What is the right way to pray? And to answer this question, our Lord begins with those words, two men went down to the temple to pray. And he gives us this type of two different people and the way that they pray. The, the wrong way to pray and the right way to pray. Of course, the, the wrongest way possible to pray is represented by the Pharisee. He prays standing and sort of in, in a very haughty position showing the conceit of his soul. He prays to God as an equal. And really, in a sense, he's not even praying to God. He's more praying to himself. It's almost like he's speaking to himself about his own greatness rather than addressing God. He does give thanks to God. That's how he starts his prayer. And of course, this in itself is a good thing. But the way in which he gives thanks to God is bad. He gives thanks for the gifts of God but he does not acknowledge any fault on his part. He does not seem conscious of the fact that he's a sinner. In other words, he's only thanking God in order to provide himself an occasion for his own praise. He doesn't address God in order to ask for forgiveness, but he addresses God only to bring out what he sees as his great characteristics. His entire prayer is a praise of himself. There's two aspects of, of the praise that, that he gives himself. Um, he starts off by saying what he's not, and then, then he finishes by saying what he is. He says, I am not like the rest of men. And St. Augustine, he remarks, and he says, would that it is said, I am not like many men. And at least he would not sort of be setting himself above the whole human race. But, but he says, I'm not like the rest of men. It's like he's, he's saying, I'm better than absolutely everybody that exists on, on, on this planet. Then he names the types of, of the, the rest of men, uh, while excluding himself from them, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, as also this publican. 
And the fathers are particularly harsh on the Pharisee here because he mentions the publican. It's like he makes use of the only human being present in order to add fuel to his pride. St. John Chrysostom says, In one sentence, he attacks the absent and wounds the only person present. When you give thanks to God, let him alone be your thought. Do not let your mind turn to men and do not condemn your neighbor. Will you make your prayer a condemnation of other people? You pray to God in order to condemn others and set yourself and uh, apart from them as someone much better. Then the Pharisee mentions two things that are in contrast to these types of people, uh, the extortioners, the unjust, and the adulterers. He says, I fast twice a week. And this is an act of bodily mortification against adultery. And he says, I give tithes of all that I possess. This is against those who are extortioners and who are unjust, people taking money away from, other, from others. So, this is the sum total of the prayer of the Pharisee. St. Augustine remarks, examining his words, you find he asks nothing of God. He came up to pray. He has no wish to ask God for anything. He wishes simply to praise himself and insult the other man praying there. And this is, this is certainly... Uh, a, a great lesson to us of, of, I think sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of prayer and we realize that we're not actually talking to God. We're using the time of prayer just to have a conversation with ourselves. We've lost our focus on God. But in fact, that is the whole purpose of prayer. It's the very definition of prayer is the lifting of the soul up to God. So we must not lose sight of God in our prayer at all costs. That's exactly what the Pharisee is doing. It's, it's, it's almost like he's not even talking to God. He's just talking to himself. What about the publican? How does he offer his prayer? Scripture remarks, our Lord remarks, that he's also praying standing. And this was the common posture of prayer at that time. Um, kneeling came, came along later. But his posture in praying is so different he prays at a distance from the altar, indicating that he does not consider himself worthy to approach God. And he prays with his head bent down, indicating that he's deeply conscious of his sin. He strikes his breast as if to awaken his heart to repentance. Perhaps, the fathers speculate, perhaps he's heard even the, the words of the Pharisee. Perhaps he overhears this prayer of the Pharisee. But these words do not fill him with anger, but rather with compunction. He sort of identifies himself with these words of the Pharisee, saying, yes, I am like the rest of men. I am a sinner among the common mass of sinners. And lastly, he does not pray with many and fancy words, but he rather utters a single simple sentence, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And we may expect that he repeated these words many times. Um, similar to 
our Lord, who was wont to repeat the same self-same word in his prayer time and again. So having contrasted these two types of people who pray, we should not be um, surprised at the results, at, at the summary that our Lord himself gives of the efficacy of the prayer. And of course, we, we know that our Lord is God. So he actually knows what the fruits of prayer are. We often don't know how good our prayer was or how bad our prayer was. But our Lord, our Lord knows exactly what God thinks about the prayers of individuals. So the publican, who just says one sentence but says it with the perfect dispositions, goes down to his house justified while the Pharisee does not. And the whole difference was in the way that he prayed. The one, we may say, who prays with humility is heard, and the one who prays with pride is not. We can see from this parable what God thinks of pride, what he thinks of having contempt of others, what he thinks of uncharitable speech. Even for us, we find pride, people who are prideful, we find them very distasteful. It's a swelling that makes us unpleasant to all of creation, including God. So we must have this great sensitivity to any pride that might swell up in our hearts and want to suppress it. Meanwhile, we have to have this esteem for humility. You see that the humility of the publican, as it were, conquers God himself. Humility has, as it were, power over God. With humility, it does not matter how sinful you are. You will move the heart of God. The only thing we may say, in a sense, that's required for your prayer to be efficacious is this humility. This was certainly the case with Our Lady. Even though Our Lady was not a sinner in any way, yet it was her humility that conquered God, we may say. It, uh, in, in the... The idea of the, of the Father is that it was not so much her purity, it was not so much her charity, it was not so much her piety that conquered God and drew God to choose her to be the mother of God, but it was her humility. In a sense, her humility merited the choice of her to be the mother of God. And she herself seems to kind of indicate this when in her Magnificat she says that God regarded the humility or the lowliness of his handmaid. So let us ask Our Lady to adorn us with this beautiful virtue of humility so that our prayers will be heard and answered by God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.